2: Hey
3: Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Alright guys, so happy to be joined now by some of our fellow Bullbeat writers Jason Reed, our site expert, and Tyler Gallagher are here joining us today, as well as Tyler Schoon. Tyler is going to be joining us on our game review episodes from now on. So I'll be kind of like getting the band back together, so to speak. And we're excited to have him back on a part-time basis. So uh, we're with our fellow Bubi writers today to do a NFL preview, so to speak. We'll do uh, Super Bowl picks, MVP picks, as well as get into some Chargers. Uh, specific predictions like their record and team MVP and things like that. So we'll start with Tyler Schoen and we'll get his uh, two uh, Super Bowl teams and the Super Bowl winner and get that prediction. And then we'll kind of just go down the road. So without further ado, Tyler, get us
1: started. You want the conference championship stuff too or just the Super Bowl?
3: No, we'll just do the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, okay. Well, in a much boring turn of events, the Ravens made it. And I have them playing the Seahawks, and I have the Ravens winning. The Seahawks is a bit of a I don't know about wild card, but I don't I don't know about the Saints and the Vikings always blow it. So I went with Seahawks, Ravens. Ravens win. I think you know that
3: was uh, definitely a, a wild card pick on Twitter as well. Obviously, I tweeted that, and the Seahawks were pretty popular as well. So we'll move on now to Jason Reed. Jason, your Super Bowl participants and the winner.
4: Um, again, I'm playing representing the AFC. Such a boring pick, and I like—I really like the Saints. Unfortunately, uh, mm. it's my best friend's favorite team, so it hurts every time they do good. <laughs> but uh, I think it's Chiefs Saints. I'll pick the Saints just so we don't have to watch the Chiefs win twice in a row. Oh, I like yeah, it. That
3: would, that would be brutal. But I do like that. It feels every single year at this time. It feels like the Saints could, yeah. could finally do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. Obviously, the Buccaneers should be a, a bigger challenger than they've had in the past um Tyler Gallagher your Super Bowl participants and winner
2: yeah so for the AFC I feel like it's a lot more predictable at the top you really just have the Chiefs and Ravens because of lack of playoff success with Lamar I'm just going to go with Chiefs there and then NFC is a lot more open the four main ones I've got are Saints 49ers Vikings and Seahawks but like Jason I'm also with the Saints I feel pretty good on defense and I think Drew Brees can hold on long enough, especially with a guy who can get short routes open like Michael Thomas. But I'm going to go Chiefs.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty safe bet. Alex, your Super Bowl participants
5: and winner. Uh, I am suing because I think Tyler stole mine. Um, <laughs> I also have the Ravens and the Seahawks. Um, Ravens, just because. Yeah, I think I think everyone mostly has Ravens and Chiefs with a couple, you know, sleeper picks. But that's. Those are the two in the AFC, really. The NFC, yeah, I I don't trust the Saints anymore. Drew Brees is too old, and just, I don't know. They've failed too many times for me to pick them again. Uh, And also, I don't want to pick an organization paying Taysom Hill $20 million. (laughs) Um, But uh, as for the other contenders in the NFC, I don't know. The Niners, I feel like their defense is going to regress a little. That's just my kind of feeling, right? boys are loaded, but... I don't know, is are they really gonna do it this time either? And then I don't know, the Packers I feel like we've seen the best of them already. So I feel like they're that's kind of so I, I'll go with the Seahawks and the Ravens. Uh Ravens by three.
3: Oh, and a score prediction. I like it. Uh so I'm going with the Ravens as well. I think, you know, they were fourteen and two last year and really, you know, if if it weren't for a, a Derrick Henry stiff arm, they probably beat the Titans. So uh, I think the Ravens have the best offseason at adding Calais Campbell. They had a great draft. J.K. Dobbins and Patrick Queen are gonna be difference makers for them. Uh, and then I still think the 49ers, I know Alex just mentioned their uh, kind of their possible regression coming, but you know, Kyle Shanahan and and that continuity, I think, is gonna pay big time dividends for them this year. And George Kittle and Debo Samuel, I think, are gonna do, you know, great things with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, So we'll move on now to our MVP picks. We'll also do um, Offensive Player of the Year. So that means, you know, maybe someone who's on a bad team, like uh, Christian McCaffrey, for example. Uh, And then Defensive Player of the Year. So you get MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, This time we'll go in reverse order and start with Alex.
5: So my MVP uh, of the league is going to be Mahomes. Uh, That's boring, but... You know, I I think he has the ability to do it like he did in 2018. Uh, I don't know if it'll be quite that historic of a year, but you know, he missed four games last year. And actually, you know what? I'm going to change my pick. I just thought of something better. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling Mahomes, but now I'm going to go Wilson just because Wilson's you know the infamous stat that he's never gotten an MVP vote and all that. Yeah, feel like you know, virus type year where, you know, there hasn't been as much practice and much preparation. I feel like Pete going to give him a little bit more uh, slack. So I'll go Wilson has a good year. And he, he was close for a little bit there last year before Lamar pulled away. So, I mean, I'll go, I'll go Russ.
3: Okay. What about your offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year?
5: Defensive player of the year. Uh, I will go, I'll go Joey Bosa. And offensive, <laughs> and offensive player of the year. Uh, yeah, I'll go see him.
3: Okay, there we go. It seems like uh, Alex and Tyler have the same answers. So, Tyler, uh, Shun, any differences between your picks and Alex's picks? No.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sounds good. You want to add any anything to that? No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tyler Gallagher, your MVP, offensive player of the year, and defensive player of the year.
2: Yeah, was definitely also going to go Russell Wilson as like kind of an underdog guy, but also distinctly possible. But I'll change and go even more underdog to have out some Matt Ryan. Oh, I think wow. that's a team that could be good, given things go right for them. They've got a lot of good guys on defense, and I feel like overall they could get over the hump, especially those offensive weapons. Um, offensive player of the year, I'll go Christian McCaffrey. I think he could get the Panthers to something reasonable. And then defensive player of the year, if we're all being honest, we'd probably say Aaron Donald. But to go off of that a little bit, I think someone who's been underhyped a ton and will be on a good team as well would be Cameron Jordan on the Saints. I yeah. think he could definitely have a good year any year.
3: Cameron Jordan definitely is capable of winning it. I think he's been up big-time numbers recently uh it's just a matter of uh getting some of that recognition. So, Jason Reed, any of your uh picks different from the other three?
4: Um MVP is weird this year. I was just thinking about it, and it's like obviously you could pick Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson. <sighs> I guess to be different, I could just make the case for Dak Prescott winning MVP, and I'm not saying uh he should be the favorite, but uh I mean, half of the MVP is just media bias if we're being honest. So, if the Cowboys finally True. If they finally win 12 games like they should and he has another year like last year, uh, he's going to get votes just from being on America's team. Um, a non-quarterback-to-win offensive player of the year, I still like Michael Thomas. I think I'm in the minority of, think- of thinking Michael Thomas is uh, the best receiver in the league. I know 90% of football fans don't think that, but I think he's really good. And I was going to pick Joey Bosa, but
3: uh, it was stolen. But I'm still going to pick Joey Bosa, actually. Joey Bosa. There we go. So that's an interesting point because I think, you know, this Chargers defense is obviously going to be more reliant on Joey Bosa without Derwin James. Do you think that losing Derwin would kind of hurt Bosa's chances or hurt his production at all?
4: Um, I don't think so. I think the secondary is good enough. I mean, obviously Derwin hurts, but you know, if Rayshawn and Nasir Adderley get hurt, then you know we could have that conversation. Not saying they're the same player as Derwin James, but I think the secondary is good enough where, and Bosa is good enough, where Derwin's injury won't necessarily hurt his chances. I just, he's 25. I mean, I was right in the, he's in a contract year narrative, but obviously that's not true anymore. Um, I feel like this is the first year of his prime. And if you look at, I think it's his 2017, or was that the year he was hurt? No, I think 2017. One yeah. of his years, he had like identical numbers to Aaron Donald. In terms of pass rush, and so, oh, so, I mean, gonna do even so. I like him to win defensive
3: player of the year. Yeah, that's a good call too. Uh, so for me, uh, just to kind of mix it up, I thought about going Dak Prescott. I honestly did. Um, <laughs> so I think that's a good call because he has the numbers, and if he gets the wins too, I think you know he'll be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes will be in there as well. Um, but I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. You know, I think. Uh, just a, from a narrative standpoint, you know he's going to prove that you know he didn't necessarily need DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's going to put up big time numbers, and you know if the Texans can win that division, I think that will go a long way for him. Um, offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with George Kittle. I think Kittle and his value is really understated. Um, you know, obviously, I still think people think that Travis Kelsey is better than him. I think from from a pass catching standpoint, they're pretty equal, and Travis Kelsey is an amazing blocker. So I'm going to give that nod to Kittle. And then defensive player of the year, I'm going to go back to Khalil Mack. Uh, You know, I think last year they didn't really have a secondary pass rusher opposite of him. And so I think Khalil Mack is going to benefit big time from Robert Quinn's addition and uh, put up some big time numbers this year as well. Cool. So we'll move on now to the Chargers stuff, the important nitty gritty conversations. Um, The first topic we're going to cover is Charger with the best chance at his first Pro Bowl appearance. So breakout players are a little, uh, you know, a little uh, dry these days. I feel like, you know, it's very common to pick, you know, Rayshawn or Nasir Adderley or Drew Tranquil. So we're going to narrow this down even more. Charger with the best chance to make his first Pro Bowl. Obviously, that includes rookies if someone wants to be so bold. Uh, we'll start with Tyler Gallagher. Who do you think is has the best chance there?
2: So uh, several episodes ago when you guys had us earlier, I went with Rayshawn Jenkins for – the guy coming out and I still would say it for a Pro Bowl. That's given the fact that he's gonna be in a defense where he can be more versatile and do more of the things he is better at, as opposed to being kind of that lurker back there and, you know, going in for interceptions and then also being the last guy to tackle because he's not always the best tackler. I think he'll be in a better position to succeed this year. And on top of that, he's been improving every single year. He's in a contract year. I think he could put it together. Now he needs the national media attention because the Pro Bowl is all about who cares. But beyond that, I think he really could put it together this year to a point where you get a Pro Bowl.
3: And I like that call. You know, when Tyler and Jason and I did the breakout players, Sean was my pick as well. I don't know if he'll make a Pro Bowl, but I, I like the pick from Tyler Gallagher. Uh, Tyler Shune, your your pick here.
1: I think he'll have to lean on some college fans, but Kenneth Murray. I have. I think has a future role in a defense playing. Mike is a, is a big time deal. You got Linval Joseph in front of you as well to make things easier. And I think if he has like a solid Darius Leonard kind of season makes the pro Bowl. there. Nice. I like that pick. We did our uh, top 10 chargers
3: for bolt beat. And I think it was Jason Reed who mm-hmm. had Kenneth Murray in the top 10 as well. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with Tyler's pick Jason?
4: He could be a pro bowler for sure. Um, I honestly think there's only one answer to this question, though, and I'm surprised it hasn't been said yet. And that's Austin Eckler. I'm shocked that we got two people in and no one said Eckler. I mean, he's the RB1 now. Um, he had, what, 1,600 yards from scrimmage last year, and he only played 57% of the offensive snap, uh, snaps. Um, that's going to go up. I, his rushing numbers are going to go up. I think his receiving numbers will go down a little bit just from the nature of the offense. But I see him getting... You know, 50 50, inch, hopefully, some more touchdowns under his belt. And people love fantasy football, and he's a huge fantasy commodity, so that'll kind of carry him to the Pro Bowl by itself. So I think Austin Eckler, I think there's several guys like Brian Bulaga, not to uh, take Alex's answer if that's what he's going to say, but I would pick <laughs> Eckler, you know, gun to my head if I had to pick one.
1: <laughs> yeah, Eckler's tough because, I mean, obviously, he had a very good season last year and, and nothing really came of it. I think when it comes to the Pro Bowl, People are kind of stuck with the same six answers, whatever. And by the time they get to Eckler, they just don't have enough votes for him. But I mean, I'd love to see it. Absolutely. I would absolutely love to see it. I think the running back position is much more open in the AFC than it is the NFC,
3: though. You know, in the AFC, there's really, you know, Nick Chubb, who is competing with, you know, uh, Kareem Hunt and, you know, and obviously Clyde edwards lair can make it interesting this year. But I think the NFC is really like the conference of running backs. Um, Alex, your thoughts on... Uh, Charger to charger, most likely to make their first Pro Bowl appearance. Wow, that was a struggle.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's Brian Belaga. I was surprised Brian Belaga didn't have a Pro Bowl appearance when I first kind of started researching him uh, when he came over here. So you know, I I just think he's going to be such a dramatic improvement over what they had before, which is Trent Scott and other people. Um, (laughs) So I mean, just based on that. And the fact that he's got he's got Trey Turner next to him, uh, I think that makes for a pretty good right side of the line where he'll stand out pretty frequently, um, you know, especially if you know Austin Ackler pops off for a really good year, um, that could kind of benefit his case as well. So I'll go Balaga just because you know he's never made a pro Bowl and now you know he gets to work with James Campen again. Um, i I don't know if I would say it's a lock for a Pro Bowl, but it's probably the most likely charger in my opinion.
3: I like it. I like that we have uh, four different picks so far. So I'll continue that trend and go with Drew Tranquil. Um, I think Drew Tranquil is going to be a tackling machine, and I think that Notre Dame fan base is strong and could uh, you know kind of push him over the edge. And yeah, I, I thought Kenneth Murray was my first thought as well, but you know maybe Denzel Perryman kind of steals some snaps and some stats away from him. Uh, I don't think Drew Tranquil comes off the field that much, and so I think Tranquil will be uh, a Pro Bowler this year. So we'll move on now to, uh, obviously, the Chargers have a tough schedule, and I think it, it's there are some games that are more guaranteed than others, uh, but the Chargers are very notorious for losing games they should win and winning games that they shouldn't win. So we'll uh, go each, uh, each of us will give one game we think the team should win but will lose and one game that they should lose but they will win. Uh, we'll start there with Jason Reed.
4: Okay. So when I think of games, they should win, but they'll lose, uh, the first game that instantly jumped to the top of my head, because I think I actually predicted them to lose it is the game in Miami. Yeah. Obviously this team is different. It's a different makeup, different quarterback, but it goes back to even before Phil, um, they just struggle in Miami. And I think it's just the classic, you know, West coast team going to the East coast and playing a, uh, afternoon game. So, you know, it's really 10 AM their time. Um, you know, they got, it's kind of a sandwich of an easy schedule. You come off the Bucks and the Saints, and you have the Jets, Dolphins, Jags. You kind of look at that. And then the Raiders, you look at that like, okay, we should win these four. That just feels like the one that, you know, it's sloppy. You lose by a last-second field goal, whatever the case may be. Um, in terms of games that they should lose that they could win, I think the best case to be made is probably against Tampa. Uh, you're catching them early in the season. They got so many new pieces. They're still going to be figuring it out um yeah it's the same thing traveling to florida so <laughs> i guess that argument makes no sense but uh, <laughs> i think they're still going to be figuring things out first you know quarter of the season and it's not a team like the chiefs that they've seen already beat both of others. so probably same.
3: well the traveling to florida is interesting because you know you're traveling to florida against a good team and you're traveling to florida against a bad team so yeah. maybe it's more of like an emotional thing where we're going to get up against the buccaneers and kind of let down against the dolphins I yeah, think that makes sense. Uh Alex, your thoughts on this question.
5: Uh I don't think they should lose to the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers are overrated. Uh, <laughs> but but I anyway.
4: Be favored though, so. uh, I guess.
5: Um but yeah, so yeah, I totally agree with the Miami one. That smells like, you know, uh East Coast game. And you know, maybe two is playing by then and has kind of some kind of performance. Uh, I, I just, they struggled with Miami last year and Miami was terrible last year. Um, uh, so I don't know. I can definitely see that being an L, uh, game they should lose, but will win. Uh, I'll say the bills game game. It's a one East uh, but you know, it's kind of in November, maybe it'll be cold, but, um, I think they win that one just because uh, they played pretty well the last time at the Bills uh, two, two years ago. Uh, and, you know, I've never been much impressed with Josh uh, Josh Allen. So, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a game they can win. Uh, that comes off of the Broncos game. Uh, I don't know. I'm sort of mixed on how I feel about the Bills this year. So, while I think they're an AFC East favorite, I think the Chargers could certainly still beat them. I like that call for sure. Uh, Tyler Shoon, your thoughts on this question?
1: Yeah, Bill's is an interesting choice. Uh, unexpected loss. I obviously, like you guys had the Dolphins. I'll say Bengals though, but I'll talk about the Dolphins first. Uh, if there's any team that's going to hand you an unexpected loss, the last thing you want to see is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who <laughs> could potentially just throw for five touchdowns for uh, whatever. Um, and like you said, the Dolphins took them to about the half in the last year and did pretty well. So, I wouldn't be surprised. And like you said, like that team actually kind of wants to win. Um, Like the Jaguars don't, the jets don't, I think the Chargers will handle the Raiders. The dolphins actually kind of want to win. So we'll see. It depends on who's the quarterback at that time. I don't know, but the Bengals, chargers can't handle a week one game. They might not have Mike Williams. Maybe Pouncey makes a difference. You don't have Pouncey. What is the interior line shuffle? I don't know. Uh, Who else is out that came? Oh, well, Durbin James, obviously, but he's out the whole year. Um, so we'll see. They just have bad week one luck. Maybe that's a rivers thing, but, uh, we'll find out, I guess, pretty soon, but hopefully I'm wrong. And then an unexpected win. I said bucks as well, not because I don't think they can't not because I don't think they can beat the bucks, but because they seem to be the underdogs. Like Jason said, like people don't think they'll beat the bucks, but I'm not really sold on the Buccaneers. I'm not sold on their offensive line. I'm not sold on their secondary, great skill, great line, great front seven not so sold on that secondary and offensive line, which sounds like the Chargers. Solid, solid uh, solid picks for
3: there. Uh, Tyler Gallagher, your thoughts?
2: Yeah. Um, as far as an unexpected win, the Buccaneers I also thought was a pretty good option, but Alex kind of shutting that off with saying they suck, which <laughs> is fair. <laughs> um, so something that would be pretty unexpected, but I could kind of actually see would be the Saints. So chargers are going there. There isn't going to be that crowd noise disadvantage that we thought would be there. Um, And if anyone has a shot to shut down Michael Thomas, it would be Casey Hayward. I feel like that's a pretty good matchup if you're going to have anyone against him. So I could see it. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible. And then unexpected loss. I'll go quite a bit different. Something to be real to the pan. Um, I think. So their offensive line is a little bit patchwork, but at least they have people that are familiar with facing the Chargers' defense, like Russell Okun and some guys like that. Um, Michael
3: Schofield and Trent Scott and (laughs) basically a former Charger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I could see Christian McCaffrey having a good day and their defense has just enough that it could make it interesting. And that game is also between the Chiefs and Buccaneers, so I could definitely see it being a little overlooked. Now, I don't think Anthony Lynn is one to let the team overlook people, but if it's going to happen, that's a good week to happen.
3: That's a good call because honestly, you know, we've seen how much this defense struggles with running backs, and Christian McCaffrey is the best in the business. So I think that's a good call. Um, To kind of mix it up, you know, I I was going to go with the Bengals from the start here. Um, Tyler mentioned the Mike Pouncey injury. We don't really know what's going on there. Um, And, you know, Geno Atkins, I just did a film breakdown on him. Geno Atkins is still a monster still capable of wrecking any kind of game plan that the chargers throw at him, uh, especially without Mike Pansy. So I think the chargers are going to struggle a little bit on Sunday, more than people think, you know, I've seen some, um, outrage over the Vegas only favoring the chargers by three. Um, but I think this game is going to be low scoring going to be close. And I think, you know, Joe Burrow could potentially uh, have like a game winning drive type of situation as a coming out party, unfortunately for the chargers. Um, I do also agree about the Saints. You know, I think the lack of fans plays to the Chargers' favor. And, again, Casey Hayward, you know, Chris Harris could certainly, you know, hold down Michael Thomas enough to where the Saints' offense struggles to move the ball a little bit more. Alvin Kamara's been banged up. He's missed time. Alvin Kamara had an epidural. I don't know if – like, people were not talking about that, but, like, he literally had back pain so bad that he had to get something that is for pregnant women. So – um, I think that has kind of been underplayed by the national media. So, uh, we'll kind of move on to the next question here. Then, uh, we'll do MVP, offensive player and defensive player for the chargers. Obviously, if you already mentioned Joey Bosa, you don't have to talk about him again. Um, uh, but we'll do MVP, offensive player, defensive player for the chargers. And we'll start with Tyler Schoen.
1: Mm, uh, I forgot to write it down. I'll make it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Well, Look, if he's the defensive MVP in the NFL, I'm going to say Joey Bosa is the MVP of the team. Offensive MVP. Well, I got to go Tyrod Taylor. I know uh, it's, that's tough because Allen and Eckler are such good picks too. Yeah. It depends on the season. I'll go Tyrod Taylor because I don't think anybody else will. Defensive MVP then? Uh, let's go Casey Hayward. Yeah, you couldn't not choose Tyrod, man. <laughs> you're, you're the captain of well,
3: the team. Well, Bobby Tyrod Holly didn't shows. make it,
1: so what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that one hurt. Uh, Tyler Gallagher, your picks here. Yeah.
2: So, offensive MVP, you know, when you're looking at an MVP, you're looking at a guy that makes everyone better, makes everything click. And I think that guy is Keenan Allen. He's going to make Tyrod Taylor look close to like an average or above average starter. And he's going to take people away from whatever the opposing receiver is from him, whether it's Mike Williams out there or someone else. I think he's going to be a huge driving force behind the offense working. So defense, I mean, it's hard to go with anyone other than Joey Bosa. Um, I think someone who's going to be absolutely critical compared to past years in stopping the run will be Lenval Joseph. But I don't think he quite rises to that importance because he can't really rush the passer quite as well. Yeah. But he'll be critical of stopping the run.
3: For sure, that's a good pick. I like that one. Uh, Alex, we'll go with you and then Jason after that.
5: Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Joey Bosa as my MVP. Uh, you know, I said it before, but I think with Linval Joseph there now, as Tyler mentioned, he's just going to get uh, a lot more uh, help on the interior than he's ever had before. Uh, he has Melvin Ingram on the other side of him, so I think Joey Bosa is a you know pretty much with with Derwin James out now uh, is pretty clearly the defensive MVP uh, or the overall team MVP, I should say. Uh, offensive MVP. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. Keenan. Uh, the volume is just too much there, and I think Tyrod's going to rely on him heavily. Um, Hunter Henry could be kind of a dark horse answer if he stays healthy, because we know Tyrod loves throwing to tight ends. Um, so that could be kind of a dark horse one, but I, I think it'll be Keenan based on the volume. And for defensive kind of standout p- player, I'll go. Ray- Just because this team is going to be successful, he's going to have to. Uh, And I I think he'll adapt pretty well because last year he was sort of thrown into water a little bit uh, after the Derwin James and Adrian Phillips injury. Uh, I think he'll be better equipped to handle it this year. So I'll go with Rayshon as the defensive standout.
4: Yeah, um, I can't disagree with Alex in terms of just overall MVP. Well, anyone really. I think everyone said Bosa. Uh, I was saying earlier, this is going to be a career for Bosa, defensive player of the year. All pro, pro bowler, all of them, you name it. Um, if we're going to pick a defensive MVP or a best defensive player besides Bosa, I like Kenneth Murray. I really do. I think uh, I think he's going to be a highlight machine. He's just going to catch that attention. And the Chargers have just been so bad against the run in previous years that he's just so influential. I think him and Linval Joseph kind of, I've written articles about it. They're kind of what's going to either make this a great defense, it's going to turn it from a great defense, if they can stop run those two, like contribute what they can, then this could be like a truly truly elite defense. Um, yeah. If not, then it's going to be good still. But, you know, they'll have that little hole. Um, offensive best player too, to copy everyone else, Keenan. Uh, we had this discussion on Twitter earlier today that I think Keenan's going to have an insane year. Uh, lead the league in receptions. Um, he just gets open, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so simple, but he gets open. It's yeah. easy for Tyrod just to be like, oh, look, he's got five yards of separation. Let's just dump it off to him. Uh, I think yardage, he might look similar, but I think he's going to have, you know, people are going to start using the Michael Thomas argument, you know, slants and whatnot to Keenan, but I don't care. Keenan's going to have a great
3: year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it, man. I love the I love the Keenan Allen hype. And I'm so excited that that contract got done. Um, And I think I'm not going to disagree with anything really here that's been mentioned. I will say, I think Brian Balaga in terms of upgrade is probably the biggest upgrade on the team. Uh, And so for me, the overall MVP would be Brian Belaga just because the Chargers offensive line has been so bad over the last few years. And I think, you know, Belaga is going to prove his worth And right off the bat against Carlos Dunlap, which will be a fun uh, week one matchup. So we'll wrap this up here with final record predictions for the Chargers. I tweeted this out today and it was kind of all over the map. Um, So you can say what you think is likely. Or, what you think is kind of the ceiling or, or floor for this team? I'll let each of you kind of decide what you want to say here. Um, but just your Chargers record prediction, and we'll start
5: with Alex. So, I haven't actually finished my record prediction in my article. I, I had them at six and three going into the bye. But I have the back half of the schedule getting a little tougher. Uh, so, you know what? I'll actually go nine and seven. Uh, I think they are able to finish pretty well i was thinking 10 and 6 but the derwin injury happened and that's obviously pretty big long between 8 9 and 7 but they have a pretty simple stretch there from about week 5 to week 10 11 i think they can take advantage of with the dolphins and the jaguars and the jets uh if they do take advantage of it uh, so I think they get some wins there, uh, are able to pile up against some easy opponents a little bit, and uh, yeah. So I'll I'll say they finish nine seven.
3: Yeah, that that sounds about right to me as well. Jason Reed, you've been kind of uh, I don't want to say anti playoffs, but you know you've you've had oh. some some concerns uh, with this team, particularly with uh, its quarterback position. <laughs> but um, your thoughts on the Chargers' record at the end of the year? What are we looking at?
4: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, real quick kind of a doubter of the quarterback position. Uh, we don't have to name names or anything, but I will say there is um, someone that is close to our court, the quarterbacks in his personal life that has been It's uh, Been fun. Um, I know we gave our most likely games to lose that you should win most likely game to win that you should lose this year. Just kind of feels like when I look at the schedule, it feels like a year where the chargers are going to win the games that they should win, where they're like favored in by should win. I mean like Vegas, and they're going to lose the ones that they should. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I keep looking at the schedule and I can't find any answer but 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, what if they win this Dolphin game? Well, you know, 8-8 eight and eight is what I got. I do think this team, you know, I was very, me and Tyler had a bet, uh, 10 wins, you know, not being possible. Looking at the schedule now, I think if they do catch a good team like the Saints kind of just on a bad night, Um, We spoke about that game. I think we're going to know who wins that game after the first quarter because we've seen Breeze just collapse from pass rush before. But they could absolutely, you know, win a shocking game like that. And then if they don't disappoint against uh, Miami, um, that's a 10-win, you know, 10-win season based on how I'm predicting the season to go. So, Nate, but I will say nothing for higher than I gave credit for. Um, But I also do think the floor is lower than people give credit for, you know, in case the offensive line kind of implodes, you know, we haven't seen Tyrod start a full season in three years. So I do think, I think this team is just has so much variance. So it's hard.
3: Eight and eight. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right to me as well. Uh, Tyler Gallagher, your thoughts.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty heavily with Jason on this one now. I'm going to say eight and eight as well. There's a lot of things that could go right, could go wrong, but. The biggest turning point for me compared to where I was earlier in the offseason was the news that they were playing on starting Sam Tevy at left tackle. <laughs> and yeah, if Trey Pipkins isn't ready and Tevy really is the best option, that's just extremely concerning. You know, even if it's just a few games, I think a left tackle can cost you some of those easier games as long as there's they have one good defender on that side. Even with a back like Rod back and in- way I'll have Keenan Allen if you can't keep your eyes up and look outside of where the offensive line is but also something else to be said is I think this year responsibility is going to go a long ways towards having a good record because you know you can have something like that baseball team in Arizona did of going around and partying during COVID and then boom your opponent suddenly is way weakened so I think that could really add some variance as well and in a positive way for the Chargers because I think Anthony Lynn's going to keep people's heads on straight. And also Tom flesco has been adding some really high-character people to the team. So that's another positive, I guess. But I could really see anything from 5 wins to 11 wins.
3: Yeah, that just seems like the year of, you know, it's 2020 and everything could go wrong or everything could go right. Um, Tyler Schoen, your thoughts here?
1: I mean... It- it's tough an injury. It is definitely tough that Sam Tevey is the left tackle, which I did not expect. <laughs> um, I will say, even if I pick 10 and 6 as my predicted record for them, at most, their ceiling is like 11 and 5. Like, their ceiling is just like a notch more, and their floor is so bad. Like, the worst that can happen is so bad. I mean, there's a chance that Tyron Taylor doesn't finish this season, whether because he's benched or because of COVID or because he's hurt. And we've seen two of those things happen in his career already. Um, and can Herbert come in and win a game? I don't know. I guess it depends which games that they are. Um, does Steichen even call the correct plays for Tyrod Taylor? Is it like Cleveland where they ask him to go one, two, three, throw one, two, three, throw, or are they going to roll him out, or are they going to let him just get killed by Sam Tevy. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you know who's who's even playing week four. You know I don't even know. Like the floor is, is so is so poor for them because their whole team could be out by the time week four rolls around. I don't know. So very in year. I still will go with 10 and six because at the end of the day, the tiebreaker for me is the worst thing that could happen for the chiefs is Tyrod Taylor became the quarterback of the chargers because the chiefs can win based on rivers turnovers. They're probably not going to win the game based on Tyrod Taylor turnovers. Now, can he score enough to beat them? Possibly they don't score a lot of points. In Mexico city city. They only scored 17 legitimate points. The other seven were off of a rivers turnover. I gave him the ball at the six, you know? So if this defense, which did get better, in my opinion. And this is kind of controversial to say at a surface glance. I think this defense is better right now without Derwin James than it was last year with Derwin James. And I don't mean that because of Derwin James. I mean that because of Balaga, because Jenkins got better, because Adderley's on the field, because of Chris Harris. So that's kind of where it is for me. If they can beat the Chiefs week two, 10-6, I think it's fine. 11-5 is the best they can do, really. but. I- expect a crop show or a crop show too. So we'll see. It's a weird season and I'm ready for whatever. Yeah, it is super weird season.
3: But I'm excited about it. I do agree. I think eight and eight is probably where I land. Um I just think, you know, as much as I'm excited about Tyrod Taylor, and I think there's a difference between being excited about what he is and under and also understanding who he is as a player. Like I'm excited to see what he can do with this kind of cast and having the full support of the organization. And I'm also not expecting him to come out here and throw for 4,500 yards and and throw for 30 touchdowns because that's just not who he is, right? Um, at the end of the day, I, I like the improvements that the roster made, specifically with Kenneth Murray and Brian Belaga, Alain Joseph, I think those are big-time difference makers from what the team had. Um, but their one injury from Brian Belaga away to being very similar to what they were in 2019 with, you know, Trey Pipkins at left tackle, Sam Tevia at right tackle, or, storm Norton at right tackle or whatever they decided to do. But um, I I'm worried about the depth, you know, pretty much across the board. I think they invested in some secondary depth and they're better equipped to handle the loss of Derwin James and probably any other of their star players. So I guess that's kind of a silver lining. I'm really excited about this year Adderley. Um, but yeah, I think eight and eight is probably where I land. And I think 10 and six is probably the uh, best case scenario for the chargers. Um, so guys, any other thoughts before we let you guys go?
5: Uh, I wanted to have a thought, uh, about something Steven tweeted today, uh, where he tweeted that Anthony Lynn, uh, confirmed that Sam Tevi is the team's starting left tackle yeah. and said he improved a lot in the off season and loved the way he performed. How much did you grit your teeth when you tweeted that? Like just <laughs> generally speaking, <laughs> I mean,
1: he might've improved. He couldn't have gotten worse. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I yeah, I mean I wrote an article about, you know, Trey Pipkins and Sam Tevy and what the left tackle is and Sam Tevy's good, like his best performances are pretty good. Like if he, you know, his I know pro football focus has its issues, but you know, his game against Detroit, which I did a breakdown on, he graded out at 75. And if they could get, you know, a 70 graded tackle, like that's a big time upgrade, but the problem is that his bad games, like against the Steelers and the Broncos, are in the 40s. Like It's such a big drift difference between his good and his bad. Um, and so I think that for me was kind of the difference. I know people kind of criticize Trey Pipkins, but his worst game was in the 60s. So for me, Trey Pipkins should have been the starter because his worst is much better than Tevi's worst um, from what we've seen. So... Uh, it was not fun. You know, I had classes with Sam Tevy. I've said this a few times. I know Sam Tevy as a person, but, um, I just, I don't understand. Like we saw what he did at right tackle. And then the chargers are like, yeah, let's move to left tackle. That'd be better. So it was, <laughs> it was not a fun tweet to send Alex to answer your question.
4: <laughs> legitimate. Um, oh, sorry, Steven. I kind of talked on top of you. Oh, you're good. Go um, ahead. I just, that's a little gi- legitimate question. Oh, sorry. I punched my mic. Um, why was Bulaga not comfortable going to left tackle because I'd much rather have him at left tackle and Tevi at right tackle is it one of those things where he's just played right tackle his entire career and going to the left sides too much like I don't know I never played football so my brain's kind of dumb
1: with that kind of stuff <laughs> they probably just want to roll him right and make a really solid right side of the line with, with yeah. Turner and Bulaga and it's just going to suck on the other it's just going to suck either way as you might as well stack your your offense on one side and roll out that way yeah. I just think of the blind side, Michael Orr. <laughs> yeah, they never saw that movie.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the right tackle is becoming more important, especially, you know, with deep, with all the great pass rushing duos. So I kind of understand you want to keep a guy in the spot that he is familiar with. I just, uh, you know, I can't believe that they didn't even draft a left tackle to like even bring in some competition or, You know, there was no even attempt at signing Jason Peters or any of these guys to bring in competition. So, um, you know, Tyler Shun tweeted about the weakest link. And for me, you know, it's the left tackle position pretty by far. Um, You know, we have no idea what Storm Norton is capable of. Apparently he's better than Trey Pipkins from training camp when they only had one scrimmage and no preseason games. I don't know how you can tell that. Um, But the left tackle position is concerning for me for sure. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh Tyler Gallagher, Tyler Shoon, Jason, thanks for joining us. Uh Chargers fans, make sure you keep reading Boltbeat. Uh you know, those articles that we're going to be pumping out each week uh will be a lot of good features, a lot of good weekly series, so uh stay tuned for those guys. Thanks for joining us on today's show.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, good to be here. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently